0: And welcome to the second episode of the Project Studio Tea Break. I am Mike Senior and I'm here with composer and musical director John Witten. And we will be setting that Project Studio to rights over our cup of oolong or Earl Grey or whatever it is we're, we're drinking this, this month. Um, thanks to everyone who got in touch and uh, said they were overjoyed by our first episode. In other words, hi, mom. <laughs> 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 but then, yeah, it's still on limited release. But uh, yeah, we're hoping to go public with it as of this episode. So, of course, now the the praise, the acclaim, the Oscars will come rolling in. What are the what are the what are the main ways you are worried about fame changing you? Oh, Mike, our, our 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 coming idol status. Yeah, when we are top of the podcast. <laughs> pile. Heap. Heap, <laughs> pile, mountain, you know, just just really rocking it up there as a duo of, of demigods. Well, that someone might actually see our faces then. Oh, God. As opposed to being able to hide behind the anonymity of podcasting. <laughs> God, that wouldn't go well for either of us. Okay. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. We'll, I think we'll keep this as an audio-only extravaganza for that reason. I think so. I think that's probably probably for the best. Have you truly deserved your tea <laughs> break this month? Have I? I I think so. I think I have. Yesterday was very intense. I'm, I'm living in Berlin and there was... um. A large anti-fascist uh, demonstration, which which really it lacks the um, the moral ambiguity of a lot of protests. You know, I, as as a student, I went on marches and kind of understood that there were two sides to this story. and it was nuance. There was nuance, and I found that hard to communicate when one is shouting at Nazis. <laughs> In Berlin, that's just not something that bothers you as much. You know, you're, you're fairly sure you're you're in the right on this. So that was that was refreshing. It's rare that one can be 100 percent right on on things, particularly in this podcast. Completely. First off, it's the news shakedown where I just look through the headlines of the month and see if anything just pops out at me. The thing that really leapt out at me this month was uh, a news item from uh, Softube, the software plugin manufacturer mm-hmm. who has, you know, the, you know these plugin manufacturers are constantly doing uh, emulations and reissues of classic hardware gear. Absolutely, and it has kind of reached a, a point of ludicrousness in that a renowned all-digital mastering compressor, the Weiss DS1 Mark III, okay, um, which was always all digital. It's got <laughs> digital connections on the back. I feel like, is, I feel like this is going to become relevant. This is going to become relevant in a minute. And it costs ten thousand dollars. Oh my god! Uh, pretty much any any mastering engineer worth their salt, you know, would want one of these compressors. Okay. And the code line by line has been ported to this plugin, <laughs> retailing at five hundred and forty nine dollars. No, officially endorsed by the manufacturer Daniel Daniel Weiss, the, the the designer. Okay, so this isn't a pirate. This isn't an attempt. This is what one might call a perfect copy. It it is a reissue at six percent of the price. <laughs> I mean, it just raises so many questions. The first is. God, there are gonna be some stuff <laughs> hardware purchases. <laughs> just imagine if, like, three months ago you just you finally worked your way up to go, mm. now I'm one of the big boys. I'm up there with Bob Katz and Bernie <laughs> Grundman and all these people. I have my YSDS one. I've I've worked hard for this, I'm gonna treat myself to the 10 grand Digi Processor. Out comes Softube with its little 549 plug-in. Oh god. I mean, one can only assume that the danger of people being knocked was so little because they were selling so few. Yeah, you've got to imagine there's been a bit of a drop-off in in you know. Know, crowds hammering at the door to, to spend 10 grand on this thing um, the second thing is can there possibly be any secondhand market for this stuff of course for, for the wise thing yeah, i mean you know if you get a pull tech right mm. pull techs still are being bought and sold for huge amounts of money absolutely even though you can get a thousand pull tech plugins because people say oh nothing's like the real thing but how could you couldn't say that about the wise <laughs> it's, 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 it's the digits this is exactly like the real oh thing. nothing beats that jitter you get on an aes line going in and out of the of the, the wise <laughs> or, or or even more apparently it's 40-bit floating point maths. And normally it's like 32 or 64 in a modern DAW. So maybe that'll be the thing that people suck the teeth about. You can really feel those 40 bits. <laughs> that 40-bit warmth that we know and love. Nothing is not teeth suckable about in terms of <laughs> in terms of music processing software and hardware that there, there, there's just there isn't anything that people can't attach to and just base their identity around so if if there is an eight bit difference yeah then that, that that'll be a movement that'll be a revolution yeah. I, I i guarantee we will get there and also what took them so long what, what took them so long <laughs> to, to say, i mean we can only assume that it was just waiting for the last of their stock to sell yeah before they did this because they can't they can't have had they can't afford it to have a single unit in the warehouse. <laughs> they just wouldn't... Just no one's going to buy one of these things, surely. There's no point. Because any mastering engineer who would use a digital processor would now be using a computer of some description. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, no, no, we'd never use a computer, and yet they've got a digital-only Weiss thing. <laughs> it's like, that makes no sense at all. It is emulation eating itself, pretty much. Can I tell you what I want to do, though? Go on, Because I think, I think there is still a market for hardware because some people have more rack space and more money than sense. Yep, and the hi-fi market demonstrates that. Oh my gosh, yes. So what I want to do is I want to start a Kickstarter with you. Okay, right. Where we make a big chunky rack module okay and there's some little windows where you can see glowing valves in there yeah and the, the chunky knobs that you really kind of got to lean into to turn around and the click a bit when you when you put them around oh they they, they click loud yeah. they click annoying they get on your yeah. recording and that's part of the charm yeah and uh we offer it pre-installed with this 500 500 software <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was one of the things I was thinking. Is that is that where the next thing's going to go? Is that going to be the next step? Where else do we go? Or alternatively, <laughs> I mean, you could have, like, you know, your latest version of Contact with all the bells and whistles. Mm. But what you get is you get this hardware Akai S950 faceplate with the two-line LCD screen and the data wheel oh. and lots of little <laughs> buttons you have to press multiple times. Just to take you back to that almost impossible... Interface. God, yeah, I remember <laughs> dealing with samplers. But so that was one of the big news news items that, that made me think this. I, month. I am glad to have had that brought to me. Um, I might now get one. And the other one that you've you've merrily sailed past, you, you, you mentioned to me was that the superbooth analog synth show was in Berlin. Yes. And you were completely you were so busy demonstrating. <laughs> Let's go for that. Doing my political and civic duty. <laughs> yeah, understandable. I can see it on a scale of things of, of social importance, going out and demonstrating about synthesizers needing more patch cords, and demonstrating <laughs> against fascism. I can see where you'd plump for one over the other. Although, you know what? They're not mutually exclusive, which is which is one of the wonderful things about Berlin, because one of the um the largest uh, counter-protests, counter-marches... Was it modular synth users against fascism? Not modular synth. They, they, they were all sitting at home looking <laughs> moody... Um, and, yeah. and watching YouTube videos of rain, um, <laughs> you know. But there, there were there were techno trucks. There was the Berlin club scene organized. This gigantic march and you got to understand this is sunday about noon one o'clock so most people are still out from friday night okay yeah so this was just kind of the next place to go was this gigantic rave going through, <laughs> through tiergarten central park in berlin so <laughs> so i'm sure there were lots of people who had been at the synth mm. who were also at this march just stayed on just hung out yeah yeah, yeah kept yeah. going So, yeah, this month was the Superbooth 18 show Mm. in Berlin, which is all the modular synth gubbins and people going wee and, <laughs> and doing all these things and uh, looking kind of intense about it, just kind of twiddling knobs as if it's some kind of Olympic sport. Yeah. Now, the resurgence in analog synth sales and this kind of modular thing does still leave me a little bit mystified. It's a bit like the resurgence in vinyl sales. I kind of think, mm-hmm. yeah, somehow I feel that that shouldn't be happening, but it is <laughs> happening and, and that just ma- that makes me realize that I don't understand it properly. Okay. But the one thing I do salute is their dedication to silly names. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> it's a fine thing. I, I don't suppose you've got a couple picked out, have you? In honour of this grand occasion and to demonstrate just how silly they are, oh. I, I, as, I, well, I've got, I've got a little quiz for you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell the real synth modules from the ones (laughs) I've made up? (laughs) Almost definitely not. Right. Right. So a couple of rounds here. We'll just ease you into it first, right? I've got three different manufacturers, and I've got a selection of modules from their range. And you've got to tell me which one is the one that I made up. Okay. Uh, The first one is Intelligel, and they have a selection of modules that one of these could be incorrect. (laughs) You have Plonk, Morgasmatron, Ladder Flirter and Spring Ray. I'll repeat those for people. If you want to play along at home, get your pencil and paper out. You've got Plonk, Morgasmatron, Ladder Flirter, and Spring Ray. Ladder Flirter is incredible. I didn't think you were going to beat Morgasmatron, and then along came Ladder Flirter. <laughs> um, whew. Plonkheim, I'm sure, is real, because, you know, you, you've got you got yourself a clavichord sort of thing going on there. Uh, Morgasmatron is going to be some dirty sawtooth beast of a thing. And, and what was the last one, the very last? Uh, spring Ray. Spring Ray. <laughs> I want to be real so much that I, I can't bring it. I think it's Ladder Flirter. I think Ladder Flirter. Oh, well spotted. Oh, fantastic Crams. news. Lazy-kidded. <laughs> 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 I thought I'd get away with that one. I thought that was closer than more gas-metron. I was thinking, well, what, what's more gasmetron going to be about? Okay, okay, you've got one right. No need to get cocky, right? To be honest, <laughs> even with the joy of victory, there's, there's a bit of sadness that Ladder Flutter isn't a thing I can buy. <laughs> it's actually a real thing I can buy. Yeah. For real. <laughs> okay, here's the second one it's the manufacturer Make Noise. Oh, yeah. And they have, here's four modules to choose from again. Okay. You've got Mr. Blobby, Wogglebug, Brains and Mr. On. Wow. I'm <laughs> repeating those. Mr. Blobby, Wogglebug, Brains <laughs> and Mr. On. Um, I kind of want all of them to be real. Again, Mr. Blobby, Mr. Um, Brains. Brains doesn't sit quite right for me. Okay, you're going to for Brains? It is actually Mr. Blobby. <laughs> I made that one up. Seriously? It does seem a bit, it seems a bit boring, <laughs> doesn't it? I think that's maybe what allowed me to sneak one through there. It does. Do you know anything ab- about brains? About what No, nothing of- at all. I'm, <laughs> I kind of wonder whether it's some kind of a, a like a logic thing. I, yeah, I th- think- that Like switches stuff. It's a clock. It's just a, uh, something awful like that. Easily. All right, here's one that this year, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be amazed if you can get this one. I may be amazed if you can even repeat these to me, right? Hit me This up. is noise engineering. It's amazing that only one of these I've made up, right? You've got the ataraxic translatron, <laughs> the aphasic threnerator, the zoolaric <laughs> repetitor, and the Synclastic Empulatrix. <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea of Vogons made um, modular synths. I don't know. They all sound like brands of cold sore cream to me. Oh, my goodness. Mate. Having a tingle on your lip? Try out Synclastic Empulatrix. It sounds like, I don't know, 70s science fiction to me. Yeah, This yeah. is something out of Doctor Who. I mean, what are you trying to say about their target market? <laughs> <laughs> slightly nostalgic for a better more cardboard cutouty world <laughs> um i am stumped i am not even sure i know where one name ended and the next one began <laughs> no i mean I, it doesn't really matter which one i made up they're all equally f- f- pointless really it was a phasing generator <laughs> was the one that i made up i mean you couldn't really know that was no more or less ridiculous than any of these other ones okay okay we'll go on to round two okay. this is more a quick okay, tr- quick fire thing true or false right would it help if I hummed the Countdown theme tune or something? Oh, I assume there's going to be all sorts of, like, uh, of of game show stings fluttering all over this. So here we go. Right. We have ALM's Pamela's New Workout. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Pamela's hot right now. Pamela's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it is. Weevil Technologies Mould Mulch. I just... I watch too many reviews of guitar pedals on YouTube to, to think that's not true. Absolutely, absolutely real. It's some dirty fun. Well, sadly, that's what I made up. Ah, we have a Top of Rillo's sport modulator. <laughs> no, that's no, that's not a name. It is, it's no, real. No, it is. It's isn't. real. <laughs> I still object. Real or not, it shouldn't be. WMD's Micro Hadron Collider. Oh God. Um, real. Definitely real. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah, you can tell. Uh, there's bound to be someone who's a physics nut involved with this kind of thing. Dweeb Shop Studio Tan. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice... I would buy that if it was a gum or an energy drink or an anything. Yes. <laughs> Let that be real. No, I made that one up. Oh, market it. What about Happy Nerding's Fun VCF? <laughs> real. Yeah, that is That is. a, that's a real one. I'm, I'm happy that's real too. I'm a believer. A uh, Plastic Project's Kitsch Bomb. Plastic Project Try that one more time. A plastic Projects Kitsch Bomb. Well said. Um, I can tell I've had some, some of my tea. <laughs> uh, real. No, no, no. I, I, you see, I should be designing these things. I want these all <laughs> to be real. I should trademark these before they use them. You should. Plankton Electronics Jellyfish. Um, fake. That's far too marine. Unless it's... A... <laughs> no, no, it's real. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I I've got one other... of these right. Vector Appliances Shut Up in Your Face. <laughs> <laughs> um real no i made it up <laughs> <I was laughs> please copyright these make them <laughs> and the like... final one is two l squuans how many how many accents are on that title there's no <laughs> accents at all as, as far as i'm uh, aware oh Oh, trick answer. I'm going to say that's, that's the hottest new Norwegian thing real. It is, yeah. And there were, there were like three others that were equally unpronounceable. I did not know IKEA was into audio processing. That's, that's quite, <laughs> quite exciting. Yeah. The modular thing, it fits quite well with the IKEA concept, doesn't it? Apologies to any Nordic listeners for saying Norway, then IKEA. I, I, I know, and I'm a little off-centre there, but, yeah. you know, you know. <laughs> it's early. It's early in the morning, guys. Okay, well, I, I thought that was pretty good. You did, did well. I, I'm not sure I did. I'm not sure I did well at all. <laughs> so, as, as your prize, you get to choose from a shortlist of which is the most suggestively named module that i was able to find oh fantastic we've got mutables rings Mm -hmm. teenage engineering's pocket operators Mm -hmm. and dave jones's o'toole (laughs) (laughs) they're all good all good in um in recognition of of ireland's historic wonderful wonderful vote i'm gonna say o'toole it's got to be O'Toole this time around i think that's good (laughs) are we gonna i mean Are we going to mail him the trophy? How exactly is that going to work? I don't know. Yeah, I think there should be like some kind of a ceremonial patch cord or something. I mean, people are going to be tweeting at him, letting him know that he's received this honour. No, really, actually, we should, honestly, we should send him a knob. (laughs) Really, it's it's fitting. Fantastic. I'm sure I've got one lying around. Great. You, Facebook can get his address. That knob will be in the post to him. (laughs) In a jiffy bag. We'll knob him through the post. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Can I tell you about a time that I really f***ed up? Yeah, it's facepalm time. (laughs) (laughs) I was on tour with a group um, playing my my main instrument, which is a hammer dulcimer. For anyone who doesn't know, it it just looks like you took the inside of a piano, you took it out, and you hit it (laughs) with sticks, like you hold a stick in each hand. I say sticks. These are artisan bamboo thingies. They, they come to about £40, £50 pounds each for, for like a... I know, I know. And it's criminal. They sell them each because you need them in pairs. So they, they, they are specialised, balanced, rubber-ended, very lovely things. Mm. Um, so I've been touring with this project for or oh, two or three years. and As, as you were saying earlier, like, if you do something for a while, you'll f it up sooner or later. And this (laughs) one time at the beginning of this two week long tour, I forgot my sticks. (laughs) I just I just forgot them. And our first gig was in the middle of nowhere in England. And there weren't any hammer olcimer shots around. Now, what a surprise. Oh, Mike, it was awful. We we only discovered about 40 minutes before stage time (laughs) that that, these sticks just weren't anywhere. (laughs) And, you know, you have that stomach drop (laughs) feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And no idea what you're going to do. And, you know, it's what I do in the band, so I'm either going to stand at the back two-stepping and sing "Do wah wah -wah. You'll become Um, the bears. This is... Option A, which I do pitch. I think it's a solid option. Um, Band leader is is less sure. (laughs) Um, What do you know about your dancing that we don't? (laughs) Everything he needs to. And so we start. We we look around and we try try pencils, and pencils are way too heavy. I was going to suggest, yeah. Also, they're they're flat, um, which means I hit all the notes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. More notes is better notes, John. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what I always told you. Um, <laughs> but in this case, it didn't always work out that way. In the end, I, I went. Oh, this is this is a, a nice seven eight hundred people. Yeah, I went on stage with two disposable plywood spoons. <laughs> We did not mention it because we were not yet at the stage of finding this funny ourselves. Um, And I played the entire (laughs) game on these two penny plywood spoons and um it sounded okay like i'll be honest it's not perfect (laughs) but it worked um yeah 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 and so we had to do three gigs with those and then we found somewhere that well we we'd ordered some they got mailed ahead to a hotel they sent them in their private jet yes yeah with a curry (laughs) (laughs) a courier oh dear thank you very much so (laughs) It was it was quite something, and then um, we had our last regular gig, and um, myself and the singer have quite an intimate kind of just us two song. The band leaves the stage with it's our bridge over troubled water. Yeah. <laughs> not not to blow our own trumpets yeah. or anything, but it's very similar <laughs> to, to, to the proto-ballad that, that is Bridge of Troubled Water. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I had managed to find in the canteen just before this gig, a pair of wooden spoons. And I thought, wouldn't this be cute and fun if I got these out? And so I'm I, I doing the intro on wooden spoons and it sounds a bit different, but it sounds okay. And the singer turns to me and sees them and I give him a little smile, kind of like, ah, remember this? The glare on his face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the I lasers oh my goodness! apparently it's not such a fond memory for everyone whoops so i quietly put them down and picked up my normal sticks <laughs> and we, we played out the song that way so there is john's facepalm of the month <laughs> right and on to our q a section where we answer questions that Clearly haven't been sent in by real people for the moment. But you can change that, listeners. Come on, real people. Listeners, we need your help. Save us from our own rubbishy questions. Projectstudiotbreak.com is now the website of this podcast. So go there and tell us some real stupid things we can talk about rather than our made-up stupid things. (laughs) The worse, the better. Uh, There'll be a comments form that you can do there. There'll be dancing GIFs around. There'll be scrolling text flashing in different lights. (laughs) Careful, don't oversell my web design skills. Mate, I've got HTML skills from when I was 14. I can sort that for (laughs) us. There's like visitor counters and clocks and fireworks that you can set to go off anytime someone clicks. It's going to be an extravaganza of basic HTML. Go enjoy that new website smell, which is still fresh off the pages. (laughs) We we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, yeah. And you'll be able to save us from questions like this one. Here it goes. (laughs) I play keyboards live. And it always p***s me off that guitarists can run pulling rock shapes and posing about <laughs> while I'm basically rooted to the spot by my keyboard rig. Hmm. Are there any tips for outshining the Axeman in the stagecraft department, preferably without breaking the bank? Hmm. P.S. And before you bother mentioning it, everyone knows those keytar things are lame as f***. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was feeling really confident in my ability to 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 knock this one out of the park, man. I could see you just pulling the shape, <laughs> the got, '80s kind of, that slightly nonchalant Buffon quiffed thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, the, the whole future man vibe, right? I mean, it suits. It would suit your mallet, obviously. <laughs> I quite I quite agree. I'm painting I, the picture here of, of John for the listeners. Completely. you you missed out the rhinestone jacket. Um, have you come across Jordan Rudis? No. Mike. No, no, he's, okay. he's off my radar, I'm afraid. He's the dream theatre keyboard player, ah. which which believe me, is nothing to be proud of knowing. <laughs> <laughs> But he is, and they're this, they're this huge prog band who, who throw all of the shapes, yeah. and have very long hair, and, and flick it up and down all the time. Right, right. He's bald, so he can't do that, and he plays <laughs> keyboard, so he can't jump around. His solution to this problem is he's got his keyboard set on a sort of swivelly turntable thing. Oh. Um, but it doesn't turn from the middle, it turns from the left side. So... Okay, right. It's kind of like on a pillar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. and he kind of swings it around while he plays it, and then kind of pulls it back. That's cool. It It's not. It's like a cross between keyboard playing and pole dancing. Does he do the moves and hang upside down and stuff? Well, see, see, now we're getting to answer. I'd pay to see that. It does just make him look like a dog on a bit of a short tether. (laughs) You know, when when they run around in circles there. Um, Does he just go around one way? Does he kind of end up dizzy? (laughs) Well, no, it's like tetherball, because he's got a lot of cables coming out of there, so he's got to make sure he goes back the same number of times as he goes forwards. Blimey, that must be difficult. It's Yeah, while playing these, you know, very, very impressive. Um, look how many notes I can fit in the bar. Prog line. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's not a solution, but that there's a way not to go. <laughs> but, but trust me, mate, it's a hell of a lot better than the only suggestion I could come up with, which is basically just one word: capes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only thing I can think of. Just, capes and dry ice in abundance. The, the thing with capes is that you've got to have the movement behind them. A cape has to billow. <laughs> That's true. If your cape isn't billowing, then, then you're back back to square one. So, what is a cape without a stage fan? Yeah, oh, basically. okay, so there's one part of that brilliant answer I want to query, which is the plural <laughs> you put on capes. How many capes and worn wear? Uh, well, I, I, don't, I, I didn't think there were options. <laughs> you see, this is just what a baby I am in the, in the, the proxinth department. I mean, I just <laughs> thought a cape around the neck... You know... Okay, a that's, bit of, that's number one. A bit of Count dracula Oh, maybe even a few daggers. I've heard about that, you know. Put some daggers in the Hammond organ. Okay, okay. wow. I mean, that sounds quite hardcore. Pointing... Uh, this kind of dates me. I mean, this is all... This is all just laughing at Rick Wakeman on YouTube. <laughs> I'm afraid now you've outstripped my experience. You have left my radar. All right. right. Okay, is a place that we can both join our radars Little Richard? Okay, yeah, that's true. I I can get that. Now, we're we're pre-rock, we're still rock and roll, but that man could throw shapes on a piano. He'd jump on top of the thing. He could, couldn't he? Lie on his belly on the top of a grand piano, closed lid, otherwise that would get really sore, um, (laughs) and reach down and play these crazy riffs. I think you go that way. Yeah, I think you could definitely take some inspiration from Keith, from 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 Little Richard on that one. You were about to say Keith Richard. I'd like to to drill down to that. I caught bit. myself. What there. exactly are the lessons <laughs> on piano rocking <laughs> that you would suggest are most valuable from from Mister <laughs> Mister Keith Richards' oeuvre? Yeah, there aren't really any other. <laughs> <It's- laughs> So no, I, I think I think Little Richard is your is your spirit animal in this. I mean, if you take it as less of a just a sheer rocking out thing, I I wonder whether you could just compete with a guitarist by sabotaging him instead. <laughs> okay, I love this team spirit. I mean, if you just reach a foot out and put it on the, the guitar player's cable <laughs> as he steps up for a solo. Surely that's within range. Yes. Yeah. You get all the rock shapes without the noise. The thing is, be easy to think that this couldn't happen, but there's a guitarist I know who who did play huge rockings and stuff, and he actually did see this happen. No, really. Someone stepped forward and pulled his guitar cable out, as he did. Oh, no. Foot up on the monitor, you know, the all the shapes and everything, and he just thought his monitors weren't functioning. <laughs> completely silent. <laughs> That has got to be the best air guitar solo ever. Exactly. The air is all you hear. It's a homeopathic um, guitar solo. You put your own, you project your own solo onto his mad shapes. So we're on a roll. I think we've given some useful advice. Let's hit a second Q&A. This is inspired by an old friend of both of ours who ended up being this year's UK Eurovision entry. Suri. Very true, very true. Of course, the big news for her thing was the guy running on stage and grabbing a mic off, off her and demonstrating about something or other. Oh, my goodness So me. this kind of reminded me of a question that's been bothering me for quite a while, which okay. is, what is the best mic for hand-to-hand combat? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you in that situation, you saw the guy coming, what mic would you want to have on the stand to defend mm, yourself with? To take them out. Well, okay. I mean, they are the, the, the stalwarts. I mean, there's the 58, just because it's, it's got a bit of a grill on it. It would give it nasty graze, and it's practically indestructible. And also, you've got a pointy end. Not all mics have pointy ends. Uh, well, if you want pointy ends, you go go for one of those, maybe the Earthworks ones, the little measurement ones that come down to about... Oh, that would be vicious. Are we trying to be lethal here? Puncture wounds. That's, that's a true puncture wound. Could be. And they're stainless steel, so they wipe clean, I think. <laughs> <laughs> This ha- you have been thinking about this for a while, haven't uh, yeah, you? Yeah, it's been on my mind. But, I mean, I-, I wonder whether, though, whether you'd want a bit more weight, a bit more heft. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. I-, I-, I think I'm going to go a little left field here and say what you want is a radio mic. Yeah, with a- with an oh. inbuilt battery pack. Then you've got the length. You've got the weight. Oh, so you can club them with a the battery pack. Yeah, you just-, you just have this huge thing with, like, you know, three AAA batteries stored at the bottom of it. That does give it a certain momentum, inertia. That's a rounder's bat at that point. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, you could go further. I think if you, if you want one of the, the classic ribbon mics, something like uh, the Coles 4038, I mean, that is that is a that is a good solid kilo of microphone because of the, the magnet in it, or one of the old RCA ones. I mean, the difficulty with that, of course, is that you'd damage the ribbon. Mm. You kind of think, well, I, you know, I could finish him with one blow, but I'd finish the ribbon at the same time. And... How much am I willing to spend? Yeah, taking out this this assailant. Yeah. I mean, you could go for the vintage dynamics that had mm. the brass bodies. Oh, I was thinking okay. like uh, like the ball and biscuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that the brass itself is about a half a kilo. That. <laughs> and those things have survived since like 1935 and 1935 they knew a lot about weaponizing things oh wow this is very true very, very so, well put here's the th- thing though i think i think we're speaking from our experience as two butch henchmen like, <laughs> to, who, who are just looking for something big and heavy they can have now yeah our, our wonderful our wonderful friend suri who of course we both know from the days when she was a, a tree surgeon an amateur veterinarian um yeah of course. She, she, she is of a slightly slighter frame it's true than us to um chip and Dale hunk biscuits <laughs> so we, we also need to consider what audio equipment is is best for the smaller assailant it's true or the, well, the smaller mic holder well, I mean, they're the little earthworks. I think you could use those as throwing knives, you know. You could. You get a, f- a few of them in a pocket. Yeah, it's true. Oh, and I've got one. I've got one. This could do it. This could be perfect for the kind of lady about town who needs, needs something kind of more discreet. Have you seen that that new Aston mic? The new Aston uh, small diaphragm that has a laser in it that you use to supposedly like pinpoint exact microphone setting stuff you have one of those on the stand before he gets to you you could blind him from a distance <laughs> i think i think that might be the answer okay am i being overly cynical or is it totally unnecessary for microphones to have lasers it is completely <laughs> borderline borderline dangerous too i mean honestly I mean, yeah you put your face near these things and actually is it gonna matter if you're just like a Half a centimetre off, and also the, exactly where it's pointing isn't the only thing you need to re- recreate. You need to recreate where the thing is as well. Mm-hmm. But I suppose I don't know. Maybe there are other lasers built yeah, into the gyroscopes. Lasers. Or, That's the answer. I mean, they should have it like a mobile phone, though all the gyroscopes and position sensors in it, so mm-hmm. it detects where it is. D- that that then, sounds easier than lasers. Yeah. But then you can't say laser in your... In your. No, I think it's got to be something small and discreet like that. I think it might be that the Aston Starlight wins there. I think so. I just want to point out that this is a sound capturing mm. device, theoretically speaking, and I'm on, I'm on their site now. And the very first line of their copy is, with switchable laser sighting system for exact microphone positioning, <laughs> brackets, class two laser, as if anyone's <laughs> going to know what that means. That's before anything about the capsule. That, that's before, you know, they are so proud that they've strapped a laser pointer to this microphone. I, I'm not sure we can recommend this one yet. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, I mean, you recommending it more for distance sniping than for, <laughs> than for audio capture. and for, than for musical methods. Failing that, I mean, God, just twist them with a the mic stand or strangle with the cable. I mean, So you you've got a stand, you've got a cable. I kid. mean, she might be slight, but I, I think she's got serious muscle tone going on there. <laughs> Well, we'll leave that for our for our muscle tone analysis section yeah. on on different divas on the scene at the moment. Yeah, yeah um, which yeah. which will be coming super soon. I mean, I think she did pretty darn well as it was, didn't she? Like, yeah, I was definitely impressed. Kept her cool. What a pro! Yeah. what a pro! I mean, <laughs> secu- how many security guards ran out? He was properly dogpiled in the end. <laughs> he was, yeah. And um, they managed to get the mic off him somehow, I don't know how. I wasn't sure if it was a spare or if they'd actually managed to wrestle that one from him. And props to whoever was on sound, because they muted him pretty quickly. They did, yeah. And got it back up for, um, for that. person. I can't imagine live sound at Eurovision is the most involving. Because <laughs> you know, a, a lot of it is pre-recorded, so you're not all that active on the, on the desk. Basically, you've got the sound desk that's like a Mackie 1604. Mm. And then you've got the lighting desk that looks like Battlestar Galactica. The best explanation i ever heard of, of X Factor is that it was this eccentric billionaire lighting designer <laughs> <laughs> who just needed an excuse. And if you ever, ever get a chance to watch it with that in mind, it all makes sense. It all makes sense all of a sudden. And so now for our final segment, we are into what is your jam? And we've had a listener request this month. It's it's our, on, our only listener request from John Seals, who would like to hear John's toast foley again. Look at that. Now, Obviously, in the in the interests of science and progress and investigation, I feel that we need to do an A B comparison. <laughs> okay, between wow. t- the toast foley and the real thing. So I, ha- I is, have here a real, real a real slice it. of toast. Mm. Um, I'm just I, I feel it has to be jam, doesn't it? So I've got I've got the jam here with it. <laughs> Mike, you have got this on point. It's very nice. It's apricot preserve. It's very, Ooh, very nice. Oh, jealous. One my face. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it on there. Here we go. Let's, let's now. Let's now let's see how this. Uh, I'll try not to get crumbs entirely <laughs> all over my keyboard. This is going to be all right. Here we go. So I'm, Okay, ready for this? It's a bit uninspiring, wasn't it? No, that's very good. That's really nice because you get the metallic ting of the knife as well. Whereas with um, what is a metal dulcimer tuner on sixty grit, slightly worn out sandpaper? It's it's a bit it's a bit dead. I think I prefer the toast. Hmm, yeah, it was more restrained, more kind of <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll have to put it to a vote. I think we put it to a vote. The listeners are going to have to decide what is the official toast, Foley for what's your jam? Also, you've managed to sneakily make yourself a snack as part of the podcast, so I think you also win on that on that front. (laughs) I just have a slightly worse sandpaper now. This is bon (laughs) appétit. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, So what's what's your jam? so what I have not been able to stop listening to of late is um is this guy called Pete Drake? Uh, Any relative of Nick? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> Neither of them has publicised it if indeed it is the case. a hmm. um, guy was a, biggest in the 1960s. He was a steel guitar player. Okay, right. So a pedal steel guitar player. That's one of those instruments that's too difficult to officially exist, isn't it? You it, when you could never have made it up. <laughs> no. No, it's too difficult to look at. I, I, I studied harp for a while, at the construction of harps for, for, for a different project, and that was confusing, but it's got nothing, nothing on a pedal steel guitar. Yeah. Those things are just, yep. just made to baffle. And what... what what Pete Drake really brought to popularity was um, he had a speak box. Oh, okay. Which he, he used, and this is in the 1960s, so for, for anyone who doesn't know, oh, this Oh, wow, is, blimey. Yeah, basically, you, you you send the pickup from the instrument to a little speaker, which sends the sound through a plastic tube, mm-hmm. and at this point, I'm talking about the audio sound, it doesn't send the signal, it, it actually pumps the noise yep. through the tube. You pop the tube into your mouth. Mm-hmm and then you speak or, or you mouth words sorry yeah and when you do that it, it gives whatever sound you're pumping through the character of these words it, you can you can try this essentially with an electric toothbrush <laughs> you're going to put it in and okay. try and talk you you'll make a cool robot voice oh yeah 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 i get it, I yeah, get it yeah. you, you give them that a shot i feel like everyone with an electric <laughs> toothbrush at some point or other it is the first thing yeah yeah so so this was pete drake and his amazing talking guitar yeah. Uh, he's, he's talking steel guitar. But it's also steel guitar as well. Yes, exactly. So so he was way ahead of uh, whoever did It's My Life. Right, right. right. <laughs> okay, just here we're going to edit in our pop culture knowledge of, of who actually <laughs> did that. So he wrote a bunch of songs here. And the very best one by a long way is one called Forever. And it sounds like Daft Punk meets Avalanches meets, um, meets Wax Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's trippy and gorgeous and so far ahead of its time. It's, it's 1964. I mean, it must be out of copyright. Can we, can we, do you think we can get a clip in? We can stick a link on the, on the website. Go to the website. ProjectStudioTeaBreak.com. Get to the website. Listen. to it Squeezed it. another plug in there. <laughs> you need to hear this. Um, but what amazed me when I was researching this is that he wasn't actually the first person to do this. Um... <laughs> Not putting you off, am I? <laughs> just a quick pause. Mike just took a little bite of his Avrogot jam toast, which was fine in itself. But then, the smuggest, most self-satisfied smile you've ever seen, like a warm ray, it's good toast of self-satisfied sunshine, just spread across his face. Uh, <laughs> Pete Drake was not the first man to do this. The earliest I found is 1934, but he was obviously kind of up on his career by then. Yeah. A guy called Alvino Ray. Oh, right. Was doing this in black and white films. I- exactly the same method. And-, and for him, it was framed more as as a magic trick. The camera would close crop on his hands. Um, so you couldn't see him mouth in the words. Yeah. But it's exactly the same method. Because it is such a, a, a trippy noise, mm. it sounds so processed. You know, you've got a guitar talking. Yeah. It sounds incredibly modern. And, and you know, here it is in, in, a, in a black and white film. And the style is perfected by Pete Drake. I, I would recommend starting with Pete Drake. But if you want to see where it started, or at least where, you know, the first r- records of it, go back, check out Alvino Ray, A-L-V-I-N-O. Now, I'd heard about that kind of uh, talk box thing that... If you used it too much, it could give you tremendous teeth problems. Really? Yeah. I don't know whether Pete Drake was just kind of Mr. Gummy at the end of his career or something. But So is it just the vibrations? I think it might just be a hygiene thing. I mean, how clean can you get those things, do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I clean i mean god there'll be a hundred tour pranks on one of them <laughs> oh, won't there god. oh <laughs> you know you put your box in and they put chili sauce on it or something you know it's gonna have happened oh chili sauce is the least of your or you only get or you only get the photo of what they've done with it after the show oh my god i think <laughs> i think i put that while i'm still on stage i put that in a locked briefcase which i then handcuffed to my <laughs> own wrist that's that's horrifying So I think that just about wraps it up. But uh, one final thing: who's um, sponsoring our podcast this month, John? We are extremely grateful and, and excited this Very month. Very grateful indeed. Yep. To be um to be thanking for their for their support and possibly ongoing support, the California Vaping Co. And sure, uh, are about to put out their new SM50 Heaven Apricot flavour. Now <laughs> this is the first and to date only microphone you can vape from. Right. T- stressful gig. It's like, hit the button on the side and puff some cotton. Cut a thick wad of cotton out into the air. It's good. Do you think they might give a free one to um, Mick Hucknall and encourage him to use it so con- his face is constantly ob- obscured by a, a haze? <laughs> In a bit of a blur. I mean, just think of the money you're saving on dry ice. It's true, at yeah. At that stage. Yeah, well, there's another answer to our prog question, isn't it? <laughs> Vapors, you go so what have your tests been like i mean i see you've got one there absolutely i've been enjoying this one throughout the podcast i mean i'm um, pretty sure you got one there it's difficult the visibility is quite low <laughs> it's, it's a little bit forest moon of endo isn't it very very blurry and smoky you are an ewok uh, sh- 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 this is my this is my deep dark terrible secret Mike. so no it, it, it's good fun it tastes great and you know as as anyone who spent any time Working in audio will know. Breathing in and out heavily, really up close to the mic, gives you a kind of textured, warm something. Mm. It's very difficult to, to get any other way. Yeah, it's much. it feels better editing that out than, than the usual things. <laughs> <laughs> okay well <laughs> exactly. i mean yeah definitely top of the morning to uh, to sure and uh, what was the other company Californ- california vaping co which is a, which is a real company oh this is all real mm, of course um, yeah and that's why we're so indebted to them so <laughs> so indebted. that's what's keeping this podcast on the road so uh w- what have you got coming up what are you plugging this month what am i plugging this month i'm plugging kindness to strangers uh which which can be which can be literally anything um help someone with their shopping mm-hmm. please do explain before you take their bags that is what <laughs> you're doing otherwise that can be that can be mis- misconstrued or um or you know Throwing balls for children um, mm. to to run and fetch those those little tikes never get bored of that one. No. Um, yep. Yeah, broadly that this month. Or alternatively, you could donate your questions to a needy podcast. <laughs> hey, You know, what? every we open an empty mailbox and and just kind of turn it upside down, but nothing ever falls out. To so so. save these these content starving podcasts. Uh, Providers head over to projectstudioteabreak.com. Projectstudioteabreak.com. That's where I I will be going straight after a recording. I cannot wait to see what we got, and uh, we'll we'll try and have something there for you to see when you hear this. Thank you, John, and thank you, listeners. And join us next month for another action-packed Project Studio (laughs) Teabreak.